0: Welcome to Mama Soul's Wisdom, I Am Love Movement Podcast, the place where you will learn how to build a five-dimensional family through decades of experience, where the core values are learning what is possible through love and acceptance and knowing how to do right by your family. We'll assist in the growth of you and the ones you love. No amount of success outside the home that will ever compensate for the failure inside of your home. Now, introducing the host of the I Am Love Movement podcast, the one and only Mama Soul Wisdom.
1: Do you want to belong to a movement that is bigger than yourself? If you want to go from victimhood to victory for yourself and your families, then fearlessness is our battle cry. And it all starts with self-love and acceptance. My name is Loretta Wetzel, also known as Mama Soul Wisdom, founder of the I Am Love Movement. Now, I created this podcast for entrepreneurs and families. As human beings, we are all a hot mess. So I share everything that I've learned through old school wisdom for a new generation, so that you can live your biggest and best life. Let's end the conversation of suffering and pain and live into a conversation that includes abundance, prosperity, and love. Now, today's old school wisdom saying for a new generation is this. It's a poor dog that won't wag its own tail. Bottom line, if you don't love you, how do you expect others to love you the way you want to be loved? Take the time to discover what makes you unique and special. Then share with the world, not in a bragging way, but in a self-loving, I am beautiful as a human being sort of way. Notice the positive people and resources that you will attract in your life. Now, today we are going to talk about uncovering our purpose with a very special guest, Nadine Joy. Nadine is a top advisor, global mindset expert, and is an executive leadership coach and strategist Who help leaders and business owners get unstuck, live balanced lives, and build the business of their wildest dreams. She is a certified CMHA Psychological Health and Safety Advisor, an NLP practitioner, mental health expert, executive coach, professional speaker, and best-selling author of five-star books. Uncover Your Purpose, Heal and Share Your Gifts with the World, and Love Is. oh, I love that title. Love Is, A Guide to the Power of Love. Nadine is also the mother to four beautiful children, and she chooses to make a positive difference in our world by taking bold action. Nadine, welcome and thank you for being a guest on the I Am Love Movement podcast. Welcome!
2: Thank you so much, Loretta. It's a pleasure to be here today.
1: So when I have guests on my podcast, I always look for commonalities. And so I understand that we both have a love of trees and their significance because on uh, your book cover, you have an oak tree, and uh, my logo is actually a tree with significance. So I'd love to, sh- I'd love for you to share about why that symbol is so powerful for you. Mm,
2: of course. So I chose the symbol of the oak tree number one because growing up, my grandfather actually grew oak trees from seeds and I've heard and I never realized how difficult it was because he grew these seeds with ease like he had several you know dozen of them constantly sprouting and growing different sizes from the time I was little and I was always fascinated by the oak tree and how he had an oak tree in the front of his yard that he had planted 30 years ago before I was even born at that point and it had grown into this magnificent tree and i'd always been fascinated by the mere, pure strength of the trees and i decided to put that on my book simply because i started doing research on the meaning of oak trees and how stable they are and they, they grow slowly but yet they they're very strong and sturdy their root system is unlike anything other so i it, for me it's all about how can we establish that firm solid foundation in our life and a root the root system of the oak tree Is unlike any other root system of any other tree out there and just so stable so secure and grounding to that tree that it allows it to grow to be one of the tallest trees on our planet so i I just and i know that the depth of even this idea of you know oak trees and their leaves and the ability to produce fruit and the and even in the cover of my book i found an oak tree and there's actually hidden messages even hearts that are within that the tree branches itself so lots of times we don't see things that are in trees that are right in front of us these little symbolisms and and synchronicities between you know what we see and what the meaning of it is behind in the true meaning so for me it's about stability it's about strength it's about growing our character growing who we are creating that strong foundation and growing slowly because we don't need to go from zero to 100 overnight we can take our time and grow you know, the areas we want to work, off, work on, like humility and integrity and respect and compassion and all of these things that we all sometimes take for granted when we get in the busyness of our life. So again, the oak tree is very, very, very meaningful for me. And I'm, I'm
1: so glad that you brought that up, Loretta. I love that. Uh, here's why. Our society today is so much about instant gratification. As human beings, though, we are on a journey. And I believe that there are miracles all around us every single day. If we take the time to become present and aware and look for those miracles, they, they will reveal themselves to you. But you, you got to be in a place centered enough, aware enough, with the mindset to look and seek out those miracles, so yeah, we'll 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 talk about trees some more at another time. But uh, roots, to me, represent uh, connecting to universal energy, which in my life is very important. So, Nadine, why is it that you do what you do? Because you you have so many accolades in your in your bio. I mean. You're a leadership expert, you're a strategist, uh, you have so many titles, but there has gotta be something that drives why you wake up in the morning, to create and contribute to the world. What is that one thing? Uh, For
2: me, it's about transforming people's lives and helping people become the best version of themselves they can be, seeing their truth, seeing their worth, seeing their magnificence that God has made them to be. Yeah, if I just pick one thing that's what it would be.
1: <laughs> awesome. So, do you have an example of someone that you've worked with and is sharing the transformation? I want to hear. Oh my goodness, I
2: have so many. I literally have hundreds, probably even thousands that I can I can pull from I'm just trying to think of which one to share here. Um. yeah, there's so many people that have come to me feeling stuck. The majority of people that come to me are feeling stuck, usually in their midlife at some point, not necessarily always. I've worked with clients as young as 12 years old, all the way up to an 83 year old, I think was my oldest client. And I did a podcast with, oh, wow. with a 98 year old who changed her purpose at 96. She was a real estate agent her entire life. And she changed her career because she always dreamed of being photographer and she said you know what 96 you know what i'm I'm not going to be losing anything i might as well go so she trained to become a photographer and she was in our province where we live here in canada became one of the most renowned photographers at 96 years old so this is the lady that i had met personally i just love hearing that story because she's almost you know a century old and just to look at the perspective of how things change throughout time and you know people that come to me are you, you normally Stuck. normally not 96 years old, but they're feeling some sort of, you know, like they're missing out on something that there's some potential they feel within them that they they couldn't tap into, or they didn't know how to access. So uh, there's, there's many people, there's a lady that I worked with Um, not that long ago that you know was really stuck she had no idea what she was here for she had worked in a career she didn't Mm -hmm. like her job anymore Uh, we worked through some things would through some blocks and some some different issues that were coming up around childhood around different abuse and things that had happened in her life and different relationships and patterns so for me it's about recognizing those patterns in people's lives and I've been given that gift to see those blocks whether it's in somebody's life, whether it's in families, whether it's in businesses, corporations, leaders, CEOs, presidents, it doesn't matter. I'm able to see this almost instantaneously to with the power of my intuition and God revealing that to me so that I can help these people get past that in a way that not a lot of people can see the connection between our past and our present and the way we show up as leaders. And again, if you're a mom, if you're a teacher you're a CEO, you don't have to be at the top of an organization to be a leader. If you're impacting, if you're working with people in any way, shape, or form, you can yes. go grocery store and be a great leader. So um, yeah, just in seeing how her life and transformed, she let go of a whole bunch of things. And now she's working. She'd always wanted to help people and work with animals, work a lot with the environment, working in the environmental field. She worked in something completely different. She also had a passion for painting. She got into painting, started her own business doing that. So just loves what she's doing. And when she came to me, she was so stuck and feeling defeated in her life. So many, many, many stories that I could share very similar to that. And again, all the way from people I worked with, even right now, I'm working with a lady and her her daughter 21 year old daughter in a homeless shelter to working enough clients that are ceos of a gentleman that's the sort of ceo of, of top you know works with four different owns four different companies multi-million dollar organizations so it's having that ability of myself in my own life of going growing up not having much and then going into corporate as a geologist basically having everything i wanted by the time i was 25 years old and then crashing getting sick and having to start over again so having that experience to be able to relate to my clients on that level I believe allows me to provide not only a level of coaching but a level of transformation that not a lot of people can actually sympathize with. So there's a difference between empathy and sympathizing. When you sim- that sympathize yes. with somebody you've actually gone through it yourself. You can empathize but you can't truly sympathize until you've actually gone through a similar experience. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but something that you can actually relate to what they're going. You can put you can physically put yourself in their shoes instead of just imagining what that looks like.
1: Well, tell me a bit more about your illness, because I understand that that was the challenge that you have or that you had in the past that you had to overcome. And for some people, if you've been trained in a particular occupation and you know how to do certain things, but yet what you're used to doing no longer serves you, you've got to make some choices, some different choices. And some people are very afraid to do that. So this podcast is about overcoming challenges or tragedies through love, acceptance, and forgiveness. So share a little bit more about the challenge that you overcame with your mm. illness. Yeah.
2: So going back to my days as an as a exploration executive geologist, I was a perfectionist. I was a workaholic. <laughs> I defined my worth by external circumstances through my graduating top of my class, winning mm. all these awards, all these, as you mentioned, titles that I had. This is how I defined my worth when I was in this zone of this part of my life, which lasted. And, it, and God showed me that in meditation and prayer when I was four years old, how I repressed all of my gifts because I knew even at four years old, I was very different. And I was here for a mission to help a lot of people in our world. And I was afraid of that. That's one of our our, our main um, senses of survival outside of food, shelter, and clothing is our sense of belongingness to a group. So I know that for me, I had repressed all those gifts and it mm. took until I had signs and symptoms, and that's one thing I want to say to your uh, audience that's listening here today is lots of times our body gives us clues when we're in a situation, whether that's in a job, a career, a business, you know, a relationship, whatever that is, even a friendship or acquaintance with somebody that will start to show us that it's not necessarily the best situation for us. So for me, I actually Mm -hmm. started getting symptoms in the job that I was working in about a year and a half before I actually officially retired as a geologist. And I just ignored the symptoms because I kept thinking it's not that bad. I can keep pushing myself. I can keep moving forward even though I was working 24 seven supervising $3 million wells that we were drilling a massive amount of responsibilities. I just looked at, it and I was also, and this is what I want to mention too a woman as a geologist in an executive position working in a field where, where it was basically all men. So there was a whole nother dynamic mm-hmm. of being involved in this mm-hmm. position. And as a woman feeling that I needed to prove myself and I couldn't stay home sick because I needed to be at work and do my, you know, have my responsibilities. Of course not. yeah so it was a massive realization because one day I woke up and I knew I knew something wasn't right I couldn't really pinpoint what that was but I woke up one morning and I could barely get out of bed I was so sick I couldn't even hardly get out of bed I had a stabbing pain in the side of my stomach had no idea what was going on I knew my intuition told me in that moment that I wouldn't go back to work I would not be going back to work and it was a year and a half or so journey of getting better, coming back to who I was working on. For me, it was letting go of things from my past, healing things that I hadn't dealt with that were surfacing. One of them was the the whole idea that I'd repressed my gifts and it was now time to step back into all of who I was unapologetically showing the world of who I was and not worrying about what they think, not worrying about the judgments, not worrying about, you know, what they think if you're be, if you're you're themselves or the people that you're meant to be, the people that are meant to be a part of your tribe will be a part of your tribe. Especially if you are somebody who is showing up authentically and vulnerably and real, that's what people want. They want these real people, not people who are Mm -hmm. have these masks and showing up as a part of like, they're perfect. They're perfect. Nobody wants to relate to somebody who's perfect because we're we're not perfect we're all human and it's about the idea of you know we're all one we're all connected through love we're all on the same level there's no such thing as pedestals pedestals are and competition all of this it's an illusion that our mind creates to to make us feel like we're less than when we have beliefs that aren't true that have come up from perceptions from society from parents from movies from TV from music all of these things from our past that keep us in this stuck place. So it's about recognizing what is that? What does that look like? How are you showing up in the world? And being able to recognize how to get past that? What are the things? What are the blocks that you might have in your life to be able to move past mine was, I'm not good enough that and that's the universal, yeah, limiting belief globally, right now, in any, any, yes. way, right? for any, yes, issues, I'm not good enough. So I had to work through that one myself. And various other things that I went through. But it was it was definitely a journey and it wasn't something that just happened overnight. And I don't believe, you know, we have to go through tragedy in order to get to success and purpose on the other side. We We don't need to go through that. I've met a lot of people who have and who haven't. So it just depends on your journey of why you're here. We all have a unique journey. It's about honouring Who we are, honoring our journey and honoring where you're at on your journey, because we're all in a different place, and it's okay. There's no criticisms, there's no judgments. We need to stop being so hard on ourselves and just love ourselves and accept ourselves and honor ourselves where we're at, and know that it's exactly where you're meant to be.
1: Now it's funny you should mention that because in your foreword in your book, uncover your purpose, heal, and share your gifts with the world. There is a quote in your foreword, and it says, the key is to stop being so hard on ourselves and to focus on the love and light within us all. Now, as human beings, conceptually we understand this, but why is it emotionally so tough for us to agree and embrace? This statement. Do you have any insights on that?
2: I definitely do, and I. So when we think about our mind, we think about our our head and our logical brain that thinks through things. That's our ego. So our ego mm-hmm. is usually, you know, edging. I, I like to say it's edging God out or edging our truth out. And when we have our ego that mm-hmm. steps in, mm-hmm. it's blocking us from being who we really are. Blocking our light walking our truth because we all have our own unique gifts our own unique truth that we are meant to share that only certain people out there need to hear our message and our story and who we are that we are meant to help like my story who i'm meant to help is different from your story loretta and the people you're meant to help and it's we all need to show up because there's not enough people right now to help the people that need assistance and guidance and and that light so we need to join together as people filled with love and filled with light to spread more of that in our world filled with so much chaos and darkness and just hopelessness and brokenness and just bring that truth and that faith and that hope back into our world in such a way that we really can step into all of who we are and be role models to show other people to also know how to do that and what that looks like because i think that's a lot of times where people get stuck is that first is the hardest thing to do is taking that very first step forward. It's scary. And it's, I can I can admit to that. Looking back, when I shared my story, one of the hardest things I ever had to do was authentically share my story. I recorded it, and it took me three and a half weeks to share this Facebook, to get up, to muster up enough courage to share this story because it's the first time I'd ever shared lots of parts of my story that was scary. What are people going to think? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to look, think of me less than who I am because of the things I've gone through and the hardships I've endured and the things I've, you know, had to go through to get to where I am now. And it was the exact opposite. So again, I want to share with all your listeners to share your story because, you know, the more you share your story, the more people can relate to it. And like me, I was going through my story. I felt so alone when I was in that rock bottom moment of being sick, I thought, you know, you're the only one that's going through this. Nobody else is going through this. You feel incredibly alone. You don't feel like anybody understands you until you hear a story that somebody shares. And then you're like, oh, well, it's not just me. This is other people that are also going through this, that your story can help and it can actually help save lives. I have a story. Um, I always do my morning read- routine in the morning um, where, where I do meditation and prayer and I just listen. And there was a lady name that popped in my mind i hadn't heard from from over 20 years and i just started to reach out to her so i reached out to her saying you know i just thought of you and not sure how are you doing it's been a long time uh just wondering how, you know how things are going i heard back from her right away saying i can't believe you reached out and this is literally a daily occurrence in my life right now <laughs> with things that come Oh, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, she couldn't mm-hmm. believe that I reached out. I was just sitting here in prayer. I was just asking for a miracle. And she didn't tell me till two years later. But she said in that moment, she was actually had a handful of pills. She was contemplating suicide in that moment. And she said, Nadine, if you hadn't have reached out to me in that exact moment, I would not be here today. So there is, there's, there's very seriousness in following our intuition, listening to that gut instinct that we have and moving towards that because you never know it might actually save somebody's life in the process
1: i knew we were connected souls that's that experience has also happened to me where in uh, my intuition said reach out to a particular individual and uh, pretty much the same sentiment i didn't find out till later and he shared that uh He was contemplating suicide. And so it was just a message in the universe to say, contact this person. And I did. So uh, being able to tune into what you're hearing and trusting yourself inside, um, I think is important uh, rather than the, all the circumstantial external noise of the outside that we hear, everything that you need is within you. And being able to just receive those universal downloads uh, in moments of silence will definitely guide you a long way. Now, tell me about... Because you also spoke about the five love languages in your book as well by Gary Chapman. So share a little bit about that because it was really, it was fun revisiting Yeah. That.
2: Oh my goodness. When I first read that book, um, I just want to say one other thing. There's another book where we're talking about noticing synchronicities and miracles in our life. I just wanted to n- mention this book because I read this book years ago. It was called The Noticer by Andy Andrews. And it was a book that really opened my awareness to notice those little things around it. So I'd recommend everybody to read that book. I just I just felt like I was guided to share that. But as far as Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, that literally had an impact on me on like very few books have in my relationships with my children with my friends with my family members you know with your partners you know it literally has the ability to change things around in such a big way so the five love languages are um I'm just trying to remember them now offhand but the acts of service so things that you do for people to show them that you care there's words of affirmation so telling somebody you know I love you I care about you I appreciate you um, there's other ones like uh, I'm trying to remember all the ones I what what are the other
1: ones <laughs> I try to I'm trying to blank it's okay no that's okay but I I think that out of the five uh, physical yes. touches one and that I remember as well but uh, usually there isn't a conversation about that and it's important with the people that are in your lives whether it's your your significant other, whether it's your children, whether it's people who you love and that are important to you that you have that conversation about the different love languages so that you can communicate in their preferred exactly. language. Which is yeah. which is critical. Most people only think of themselves. Rather That's than right. Others. you
2: used to show love yeah. the way you would like to receive it, but it might not necessarily most times it isn't anything to do with what the other person how they receive love themselves. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, there's another quote in the book you talk about discernment. You say discernment is key whether the darkness wants to communicate with you or take your light. Can you share more about that mm,
2: Yeah, for sure. So discernment for me has been something. So even just, you know, the voices that you hear, being able to discern what voices are they? Are they are they voices your voices? Or are they voices you're making up? Are they God's voices? Are they, you know, wh- whatever you believe in voices? Are they the enemies of darkness's voices? Again, there's just different labels to the light and the dark. For me, light represents God Dark represents, you know, the devil or the enemy uh, to everybody. That means something different. So just take that as you, as you, as you, uh, how that resonates to you. But it's just about being able to discern, you know, what are those, what are the voices that you should be listening to and moving towards versus moving away from. Because it's very easy to choose to listen to the wrong voices and to guide you down the wrong path. So we got to be very careful. And that's where the whole idea of Sitting in silent, you know, having that daily meditation and prayer time, that's where that discernment is really, you know, you really can discern whether or not that is the voice you want to follow, or that's the voice you want to move away from. Um, and just being able to trust what you hear. Um, I always say, if you have a sense of peace when you have a thought that pops into your mind, that's some, that's one reason or one way that I've learned to discern whether or not to listen to that voice. Also, is, you know, is it something that pops into your mind that you wouldn't have never been able to think of yourself? Is it something that is, you know, so out there? And is it something that's helping other people? Is it serving other people? Is it of love? Obviously, if it's something that's not of love, I wouldn't listen to that voice. That's a more obvious one. But sometimes it can get tricky because it can look like it's of love and it's of light. But it might be something that, you know, it might be, again, the whole idea of the shiny object syndrome. So it might be something opportunity that gets yes. to you that looks really good on the outside. But then once you go into it deeper and analyze a little bit exactly what it is, I always check it back to my personal personal miss, mission statement. So we all have a mission statement for our business. I have one for myself. So I have five criteria of, of things that I have that are values and morals to me. Anything that comes along, whether it's you know a voice that I hear, whether it's, you know, God showing me something. Whether it's an opportunity that somebody's presenting to me, I always double-check it back to my mission statement to make sure that it's in, in accordance with who I really am. And if it's not, even if there's one of them that aren't, I can't check off the box. I'll usually just let it go and allow it to, you know, to to, to go somewhere else or somebody else to take the opportunity or to, to, to move away from whatever that is. So those are the two things that I. always
1: I love that. I love that personal mission statement. So I always think about it from a business aspect, because we're entrepreneurs, but yes, you should definitely have your own personal mission statement. So glad you mentioned that. Now, tell our listeners about the time that you created a perfect business and what happened after that. So I think it's important for our listeners to know that what really matters is that you take action and you just get started.
2: Oh my gosh, I have so many examples for that. I have I have some examples of starting a business when I wasn't quite ready to start the business and the business failed miserably and that uh-huh. was one of the greatest lessons that I learned because I was all excited, yeah, I'm going to move forward, I'm going to do this, put this program out, do all these things, but I was I didn't realize, I didn't have that awareness at that point that I wasn't quite ready to be teaching that course yet and nobody showed up so (laughs) I just feel like I need to share that because just because you know you look at somebody and they look like they're successful you think that they haven't gone through failures but most times these people don't talk about the times that they fail they just talk about the times that they've succeeded and that's usually right. all you see so I just wanted to make sure firstly to mention that because there's many times where I've done things that they have not worked out at all <laughs> and I've learned things from them but I've tried again and I've tried it I've tweaked it I've changed things I've came back I've worked on myself I've done that whole mirror reflection looking at myself you know, okay is there anything else that I need to do mm. that I need to heal that I need to let go of that I need to move towards Do I need to grow in my personal development as a leader Um, And that's really important as a leader, as we evolve, that we continually have that personal development each and every day and move towards, you know, learning something new every day. What can you learn? What can you, how can you step out of your comfort zone? What does that look like? Um, For me, even it was just, you know, the idea of writing a book uh, was, was something that for me, it's as simple as writing a book because I never ever saw myself as a writer. I never wanted to write a book. I never had any desire in me to write a book. But again i wow. heard that in my meditation one morning i heard you're meant to write a book about 100 times over and over and over again have you ever had that voice inside your head like this does not leave you alone <laughs> so that's what it was yeah over and over again and i was like right away i'm not writing a book i can't write I have four kids. I have no time. Like the excuses after excuses after excuses kept coming up. (laughs) They kept coming up. You know, you can do it. You're going to do it. You you need to write a book. And I was like, well, and then I'm having conversations with myself, right? I'm like, well, what would I even write a book about? I have nothing to write a book about. What would I even share with people that they want to read about? And I went on Facebook literally right after I heard that. The first thing I saw was somebody posted, uh, it was there an opportunity at two spots left in a program to help you write a book. And I was like, oh, okay, this is too funny. And as a joke, literally as a joke, I'm like, I'm gonna email them, just see what they say. Send them an email, say literally what I just told you. I woke up, I'm heard i supposed to write this book. I don't know what the title is supposed to be. But there was some part of me that was like, well, I think it could probably help some people. I probably could write something down that could help somebody. And the next day they got back to me saying, we'd love to help you write your book. Let us know when you have a topic and we'll move forward with that. In the next two weeks, you know, at least 50 people I talked to from around the world asked me almost that identity. You can't make this up. There's so many things in our life, these supernatural, miraculous encounters that you cannot make this up. This is a, this is a true story. <laughs> and it, every single person I talked to must be in at least 50 people over the next two weeks said one of three things to me. I'm feeling stuck in life. I'm wishing that I had done more. I don't enjoy my job. And I don't know what my purpose is. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And I said, this is a problem. This is something that people want to know about. Hey, I've kind of gone through that. I was a geologist. I went through this whole transformation in my life. I think I'd have something to say about it because I've also gone through it and worked with a lot of people helping them through these types of struggles. So for me, that was one example. Simply just writing my book. I have many other stories, Elite Impact Summit was it a vision I woke up and again just kind of came out of fruition and now it's a global summit where we have top leaders that are speaking Which you're also going to be our amazing amazing speaker at our next event but it's one of those things that you never know where it's going to lead you and you just keep moving forward you keep listening to that guidance and keep boldly moving forward even if it's something you're afraid of something as simple as even speaking public speaking is the number one fear in our world for people it was my number one fear I grew up as an extremely shy child. I was terrified the teacher would ask me a question. I would sit there, literally not saying one word because I was terrified of saying something wow. that would, would be wrong or something that people would make fun of or judge me on. So I didn't say anything. I My entire life never went in plays, never wanted to do any public speaking, anything until I went through this whole
1: And look at so you now. Me?
2: True testimony, uh-huh. if you have a fear of public speaking, if I can do it, all of you can do it too.
1: Awesome. And now you're an author of many books too, because I want to talk about Love is a Guide to the Power of Love. So tell me more about this.
2: Yeah. So this is a book. So it's very different from my first book. It's 33 chapters. I believe it's 341 pages long, all about love. It's about real things, real conversations. So not just the great things about love. It talks about, you know, what is love? Why is love unique? Why is it one of the most unique? emotions on the planet? What does that look like? But also the more difficult conversations around love. You know, when we get our heart broken, how how do we tell the difference between lust versus infatuation versus true love? What does that look like? Uh, I also did a study on how our perceptions of love change throughout time. I went and studied a bunch of and interviewed uh, preschools and preschool students ages three, four, five years old, and then went to elderly nursing homes and emailed or uh, interviewed them and asked what their perception of love is and we, to finish the sentence love is and just amazing things and revelations came from that we did experiments me and my four kids on plants telling the one plant you know i, I love you the other plant i hate you and just amazing results the one plant grew oh, just thrived mm. with you know, many peas on it the other plant ended up dying and withering not producing one pea at all and I, I as a scientist i wanted to prove this because i've seen like dr Emoto has done studies on water and various Powers of our words that we speak, and I was just absolutely flabbergasted by the results that we got just simply from this experiment. Um, other things, you we know, talk about different how we what we can learn from nature and how animals teach us about how love, you know, and compassion. How different cultures around the world display love. What does that look like? Um, all the way to um, like how absence makes a heart grow fonder, and a whole study that I did on uh, on that alone. So there's there's so many topics in there that really are real conversations that you know pretty much anybody, no matter what your age is, you can relate to in your life. And, and love is something that's so universal that we all need. Again, that is one of our main components that we need in our life. Without love, as a baby, we would not survive. But if it's a failure to thrive, there's actually a terminology that doctors use. If babies aren't held yes. and touched in yes. love, they, they literally, would not make it in our world so just the importance of love and what it meant to me in my own life and what i've gone through um, many personal stories and, and stories of, of other people who've gone through things around love that are real life things like things we go through that again not a lot of people you know are willing to talk about or really want to go to go to that place because it's difficult conversations but real conversations that matter
1: yeah it is difficult it is difficult but it's a necessary conversation because so much of what our uh, individuals see today, they think it's love based upon how it's sensationalized in the media and, and how sexy you can make it, but it doesn't really talk about the power of the frequency, the high frequency of love and what that means to truly love somebody absolutely
2: absolutely and the different types of love yeah. right there's uh, the one type um, yeah. agape love that not a lot of people especially the generation x and z they they've never heard of that before because that's something that's not common in their generation mm-hmm. so it's about bringing awareness to to all of the generations about you know what does that look like you know when you have this form of pure unconditional infinite love for some other human being. What does that look like? What does it feel like? You know, what are some examples of that? And I think that that's so powerful when we can bring awareness to not only you know, people of our generation and even older and different areas, but also the younger generation so that they're we're bringing them up as our future, future leaders that are focused on, on leading with love too, leading with love and having that love, unconditional love in their relationships. And then that boils over into their children and that whole idea of multi-generational patterning right mm-hmm. the old patterns get broken of you know the idea of conditional love that we need to have conditions if we do our chores if we you know do this if we if we show up if we whatever that condition is then we're loved it's the idea of letting go of all of those old limiting beliefs and stepping into that you're loved simply because you just exist simply because
1: you're here you to do because it. just because it's who you are and you love just the way you are I cannot wait to read your book. When is it coming out? Lady? Yeah, so
2: we will be launching it uh, in next week. Actually, it's coming out very soon. And we are only having it available uh, by autograph. So with limited copies of the book. So if you're interested in getting it autographed and signed, I have a message. I'm, I'm going to be it's very specific. Each book is going to be blessed before it gets sent out to anybody who orders a book with a personalized message from me. Uh, particular just because I do believe it is such a powerful book to bring love even just by holding there's a prayer in the book you hold the the book of love and you literally Mm. can be transformed by the power of unconditional God's unconditional love so
1: I uh, can't wait that is so awesome I cannot now now you know I want to autograph coffee right now you speak in my language oh that is so beautiful Thank you. Now, can any of our listeners take advantage of course. Of course.
2: Yeah, we have, like I said, limited copies. So it's on a first come, first serve basis. So yeah, just reach out. You can reach out to me at just at my email or on my website or on LinkedIn, just Nadine Joy and, or Nadine at NadineJoy.com.
1: Awesome. Uh, listen, Nadine, I can speak to you all evening. We're going to have to wrap this thing up because uh, uh, it's been such a pleasure One last question, and I ask this of my guests. What's the one thing you would tell people now that you wish you knew then when you first started on this journey? Is there any one thing that you would tell people now that you wish you knew back then when you first started your journey? Mm.
2: I would say to make sure and listen to your heart. Don't listen to what everybody else expects of Mm -hmm. you, but follow your own intuition, follow that gut instinct that you have. Um, I even in my own life, there's things that I can tell stories about with that. But I would just say, and that's the number one regret, too, of people who are on their deathbed is not following their dreams and taking action. So I would say follow, number one, there's two things, sorry. (laughs) Follow your heart, listen to your intuition and your gut, and also take action upon that to make that
1: your reality. Oh, Nadine, Joy, it has been a true pleasure sharing light with you today. Thank you so much for being on the I Am Love Woman podcast. For my listeners, go to mamasoulwisdom.com forward slash registration, and you want an opportunity to register for my free masterclass. It's called Reigning the Family Divine, Six Keys to Family Happiness and Success, where I share old school wisdom for a new generation so you can live your biggest and best life and do right by your family. And you can also check me out on Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse on Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Central, and I host a room called Parents, Profits, and Pancakes, transforming the conversation of what it means to be an entrepreneur and wealth creator while raising a family one pancake at a time. All right, remember love and light are healing forces. Go make a positive difference in someone's life today. And I want you to rise up and shine, rise up and thrive, rise up and succeed, and rise up and be who you were meant to be. This is Loretta Wetzel, also known as Mama Soul Wisdom, founder of the I Am Love Movement, sending you compassion, acceptance, and forgiveness. Until next time, always remember to love yourself first.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Mama Soul Wisdom's I Am Love Movement podcast. We hope that you have received a massive amount of value through the tips and tools provided here on today's episode. We look forward to helping you and your loved ones grow each and every day by sharing some of Mama Soul Wisdom. sure to sign up and register today to mama soul wisdom's mailing list and tune in next time for our next episode of the i am love movement podcast